This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Alex L. And I'm Libby Delena. Welcome, Welcome to, to This, this Morning, Morning Walk, Walk Podcast. Podcast. Hey, Libby. Hey, Alex. How are you? I'm good today. I'm good. It's been a while since we've connected. How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling so much better. We didn't do a podcast last week because I was a little under the weather and my voice sounded really funny. So it would have been a very odd podcast, but I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to hear your voice. I'm glad to hear yours too. And it's interesting because I feel like all of us have been sick over here. I think I told you that like everyone's just been not feeling super great. So Ugh, I'm glad we took a break. And then with everything happening in the world, I was, I probably would have been just sobbing our whole conversation. So I'm glad we gave ourselves some space to just heal and breathe and, you know. I agree. So here we are. And what I would love to have a conversation with you about was something that I heard you say in one of our conversations. And it just really was such a beautiful reframe for me, which is, Maybe you hear this often. People often ask, what do you do if you, you know, if that little voice just says, oh, I want to go today. I don't want to do it today. I don't want to go for my walk today. I don't, I'm not feeling it. And you said something so beautiful that for me was a really generous, loving reframe. And the way you reframed it was instead of thinking, I don't want to go for a walk, it was, I get to go for a walk. And I don't know. For me, I just felt like a hug (laughs) when you said that. (laughs) I just thought, actually, that is maybe the way I really feel when I think I don't want to go for a walk. There's something about just remember why you love so much and you put words to it. So I'd I'd love to hear you talk more about that. I get to go for a walk. Mm. I think that's really just how I get myself up and moving. Like, I wish I had a more introspective, you know, deep thing to say about that. But I feel like what it comes down to is gratitude, especially when I'm feeling ungrateful or especially when I'm feeling like I don't want to do this practice anymore, which I've actually have been struggling with. I mean, I still haven't missed a day. I still go every day, but it's been more of a struggle. And I was thinking to myself, like, do I even want to do this anymore? Like, have I gotten what I needed to get out of this? And every time I have that inner dialogue conversation, it's you get to do this because one, you're able-bodied enough to do it. Two, it makes you feel good even when you don't want to do it. And three, because you made a promise to yourself and just because you may be feeling like, okay, I've done this. The beauty is to keep doing it because it's not hurting anything. If anything, it's healing so much. And this morning I went for my first actual morning walk in a while. I've been doing afternoon and evening walks because I've just been so in my head about, it started to become a task for me, which I was really nervous about. I mean, it's been 250 plus days at this point and I have been so busy and it started to feel like another thing I had to do. 
And so I stopped going in the morning and started going in the afternoon, in the evening. And then this morning I woke up feeling rejuvenated about the practice and excited to go. So me and Maxie, we went on a, a morning walk, it was a 30 minute walk. It was beautiful outside and it was lovely. And I'm glad I went and I'm glad I decided, you know what, keep going. Because even when you don't want to go, you get to go. And it's this promise that you've made to yourself to do that thing. Oh, I love that. I also love the acknowledgement and recognition because I've certainly walked this path too, which is, okay, are we done with this at this point, Lib? Are we good? You know, we're several years into this, have we sort of learned the lessons? Have And, you know, sometimes the answer may be yes. At this moment, I've learned these sort of essential lessons that come from a practice, having done it for a decade. But here's the other thing I find is that, you know, I've talked about this, is each walk is a potential moment for more learning, more beauty, more healing. Sometimes healing is invisible, (laughs) right? There isn't some big life lesson, some essential learning that we need. I will say probably about a month ago, two weeks ago, I had sort of similar feeling. I was like, well, what would happen if I took a few days off? What if you're not feeling well? What if you just didn't go on that walk? And then as you mentioned at the very start of this conversation, this is a heavy week. There was a lot that happened in the world. And I remember it was the combination of feeling sick and a lot was happening in the world. And I remember thinking very clearly, I need to go for a walk and I need to see and find and look at something beautiful. And I happened to be in the middle of New York City at that time. And so I I didn't have my big vistas of the beach that I usually walk to or see. But I remember even just having years of that wisdom sort of tucked in my spirit. I knew that 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 going for a slow, gentle walk, that looking at something beautiful, I found this beautiful little rose bush on the side of the street. I knew that that was going to be really healing, not only for the way I was feeling spiritually after what happened last week, but also physically. And it was a very slow walk. I maybe walked for 15 or 20 minutes And I, too, had a sort of renewed sense of, wow, look how powerful this is. I was feeling, you know, under the weather in many ways. And it was with that uh, going back to what I knew was going to heal. Yeah, it wasn't big and magnificent or heroic or life lesson-y. It was just a simple, gentle reminder that, you know, getting back in our bodies, going out and seeing something beautiful, honoring this practice is in fact really, truly meaningful. Mm. I deeply resonate with that. And I loved how you said healing can sometimes be invisible because for me, I feel like when I walk, I heal. It's almost like I'm being rocked and held in a way that no one else can do for me. And so hearing you say that healing is sometimes invisible and that you like yearned for that walk, even after asking yourself like, what would happen if I just didn't go? Like we always come back to going 
And I'm so grateful that you shared that because you've been doing this 10 plus years now. And the fact that you always come back to going, even if you may think like, I don't want to do this. It just is so affirming (laughs) for me as someone who is, you know, almost a year in to feel, I don't know if doubt is the word, but to feel like, oh, I've gotten what I need to get, but then something may happen and we need to walk through it quite literally, you know? Yeah. I feel that so deep. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have to tell you, I may have a little wobble in my throat. Um, When you said, oh my gosh, it's so overwhelmingly beautiful. (laughs) It makes me, when you said walking made you feel, I think you said held Mm -hmm. and loved like nothing else. Oh my gosh, that really brought tears to me. And I think that's why it's so powerful for us, right? It is this incredible, radical act of love, right? It's love for a practice that we know is, as you said, his healing is nourishing. And I, oh, wow, that really so resonated. Well, the reason I'm pausing is I'm not sure what else on this planet does it. Mm, mm-hmm. Because it's this self I mean, certainly when family members give you a hug and they hold you and they love you unconditionally, there's nothing in the world like that. The thing about this practice is we can bring it to ourselves at any moment. We can decide to put on our shoes and go for a walk and get to that place of feeling that deep, deep, cradling, rocking love. I am... Mm-hmm. It, I think that's why we continue to go. There's not a, a lot of other times for me in my life that has that deep sense of resonance. I don't mean that to sound sad. I'm incredibly grateful that I have figured out that one of the things on the planet that makes me feel absolutely, deeply, unconditionally loved is this practice. And it comes from a place of respect for myself and uh, the natural world. Yeah, that really, yeah, that really moved me. Mm, I'm glad because you move me so often all the time. <laughs> so I'm glad I could return the favor, my dear friend. Mm, always. Well, I think that's one of the things we've talked about is this practice is an act of love and love for a whole host of things, for the beauty that we see along the way for ourselves, for walking together, even though we're not physically together, for you know, I always describe it as that beautiful curve in the road. It's all very much grounded in an active act of love. Hmm. I love that. And you know what else? When you were talking, I was thinking a lot about self-love and how 
my walking practice has become this act of self-love and this act of safety for myself. And speaking of safety, I actually want to talk about something because this has happened a couple of times while walking recently. And it's, I think this also has maybe made me feel like I don't want to go. So yes, it's an act of self-love and I'm glad that I go. Every time I don't want to go, I'm glad that I go. But there were a couple of times last week where like one person was seemed to be circling me in their car, which was really scary. And I had to call Ryan and get back to the main road and be on the phone with him until I got home, which was my first big, scary walking experience. And I didn't bring my birdie with me. I forgot my little self-defense tool and I was scared. And I, I was like, wow, like, are these walks worth it? And I was also like feeling really tumultuous about the world and heavy. And I was just like, you don't know what people will do. I'm out. I'm by myself. I don't have my mace or my birdie, you know, like, what do I do? You know, so actually I started thinking about like, maybe I need to take a self-defense class if I'm going to be walking by myself. Like, how do I figure out a safe way to, to not let this experience rob me of my joy and my dedication of walking? Like, how do I like add to my toolbox? And I would just love to hear from you as someone who's walked for over 10 years, like if you've had anything kind of shake you up while walking that made you be like, I'm not doing this. This is dangerous. And then I had another instance where I was like being catcalled while on my walk, which like took me completely out of my zone. And it just didn't feel good. And I was just like, what is happening? And so I hate to damper the mood, but I wanted to bring that up because it's like, how do we <laughs> connect this act of prayer and, and meditation and movement and inner clarity and all that stuff, the good stuff that comes along with our practice. But then we also have to remember that we are living in the world and everything isn't good. 100%. First off, I'm so sorry that happened. It is so unnerving. And I'm glad you were able to get on the phone and have Ryan walk you home. It is such a, those moments, yeah, really make us feel unsafe in the world, make me feel unsafe in the world. And to your point, especially given the events of this week, you begin to distrust the world. And I think I hate that feeling of distrusting the world. I think I've certainly had it on a number of walks and it's made me really furious and angry and impatient with what feels like the change that needs to happen in this world. And I guess, so yes, I've had it happen. And I think the only upside I can say is it, number one, it makes you very present, right? Like, wow, mm -hmm. immediately. And that's not to say it's positive, but it makes you very present, number one. Number two, what generally happens for me is when I get to that level of anger or that distrust of the world, I need to take action. And I love your suggestion of taking a self-defense class. Maybe you and I can commit to each other to doing that over the next few months. We can you know, each find a class because I actually think that's a really smart next step. For me, what I began to do, and this is when I began to carry a whistle in my pocket, and then I sort of upgraded to the birdie. I Because for many years, I would carry absolutely nothing with me. I just had my phone, and I think it was naive, and it was 
maybe even toxic positivity of, oh, I live in this, you know, very bucolic kind of place. I'm fine. I'm also six feet tall and I look like a dude. Nobody's ever going to, that's just ridiculous thinking. And it's, um, so I think, you know, the lesson for me is to, as you said, sort of not allow those moments to ruin our practice, but actually to use them and harness them to begin to broaden our toolbox, to, to take on more tools that make sure that we continue to feel safe. So yeah, for me, it was adding a whistle. It was adding the birdie. And now having had you said that, I think layering in a self-defense class would be a really, really wise thing to do. So that anger is act, creates enough action in me, a sense of need for action that I then sort of get catapulted out of my slumber of, of comfort. But there have definitely been times where I might be walking someplace where I'm less familiar, maybe, and, and I've basically walked up to somebody I don't even know and simply said, do you mind if I walk next to you because I'm really uncomfortable with it? this person, it feels like they're following me. And in most cases, I usually walk up to a, a woman and say, do you mind if I just walk with you for the next block? Or, But the bottom line is I don't want to let anybody else ruin this practice. So it is, it is my requirement to make sure I do the things I need to in order to continue to feel safe. Mm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Definitely needed that. Grateful for that. Wow. Thank you. Mm. And I am so sorry because doesn't it feel as if this is, as you said, it's sacred place. And to loop back to what we said at the beginning, I get to go. I get to go do this incredible thing. And to have somebody interfere, to be provocative, to disrupt, to create a sense of distrust is really unnerving. And you know, maybe in some ways essential because maybe that's where we get inspired to then lean into a new lesson, right? I mean, maybe it is that that sort of prickly exchange or that experience that then, I don't know, maybe it deepens our practice. Maybe, not sure, but maybe. Hey, it's Torre. Every week on my podcast, Torre Show, I interview amazing people like Andre 3000, Jada Pinkett Smith, Brisha Webb, Charles Blow, and all sorts of people about what fueled their rise to success and the ways in which being Black shows up in their work. If you want some inspiration to help achieve your dreams, listen to Torre Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I can see that. I can see that. And I also like a part of me is like, yeah, totally. I can see that. And then also like, I wish people would just not be gross. Yes. And not be terrible. So it's like, it's like, hmm, how do we find the duality there? Like, cause, and, and talking through this with you has really made me feel seen because I think that's why I stopped wanting to go. Cause I was scared. I was scared. And I, I was scared. I don't even think I have it anything else to add I was scared and not to say that I'm not scared anymore my anxiety level has definitely gone 
down, but I was scared. And I'm like, do I, like, is this even good anymore? And I know it had everything to do with the state of the world, the horrors that were happening in the world. And then, you know, the experience I had with, with those two folks, you know, but then it's like, I'm not, I don't want to let any, anybody or anything rob me of this because this is my piece. If I don't have this, then what do I have? Like, that's really how I've started connecting to walking. It's like, if I don't do this, then what will I do? I think that's ultimately, that's the bottom line. We know this brings us joy. We know it is, in a way, it defines who we are now. And imagine if we said, oh my gosh, the state of the world and being afraid is going to prevent me from doing this thing that I know is essential at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's a must. Yeah. Yeah. It's no longer a should, it's a must and it's essential to my well-being. And yeah, but being scared definitely takes you out of that place. And again, I'm sorry you felt that. How about you and I commit to taking a self-defense class and we can report back? Yes, let's do it. I'm going to look. I'm going to look for one. Um, And before we go too, I just wanted to tap into this. Like, I know that folks look at us and this practice as something that is and we, we've talked about this, but something that's like whimsical and like deeply meditative. And I just want to remind folks that it can be those things. But most of the time for me, like I'm walking through some shit. Like it's not just this moment of ease all the time. And I just want to bring this back to this episode because you're allowed to make space for yourself and your practice in whatever way feels right and good for you. Like it doesn't have to be easeful all the time. It doesn't have to be deeply rooted in presence all the time. I feel like those things find us as we walk, especially as we walk through the hard things. But this isn't always a great practice. Like sometimes it's like really, really hard. Sometimes it sucks. (laughs) It sucks. It's really crappy. It's really, really crappy. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. Thank you for saying that because I think we have the benefit now of walking for many days in a row. And so what often bubbles up in our conversation, I think, are those big heroic, you know, life lessons that come from having done this practice. But it takes a lot of crappy steps in order to get there. It takes, yeah, not every day has beauty in it. Not every single day do you feel safe. Not every single day is there a lesson and yet I would say it's still worth going. Mm. Yeah, we get to go. Yeah, we get to go. And I think you and I maybe said this a couple of episodes ago was, you know, that's just what it was today. That's, that's what that look, looked like today. And it wasn't beautiful. It wasn't magical. But I did it and we get to go. What tea have you been drinking on today? Okay, so... Um, I was was thinking about this this morning because I sort of double dipped. I went two directions. I don't have any tea now because we're recording this afternoon. But you sent me the most beautiful East Fork little chai cup. And the color of that cup just kind of is so beautiful. It's sort of this dusty, milky rose color. I mean, that glaze is so beautiful. And it's probably about, what, four ounces? So it's this 
beautiful little size, which means that each sip that you have is usually pretty hot because I don't get to the bottom of the mug and it's been sitting on my desk for 45 minutes. So I was using the beautiful mug that you sent with me. It's a collaboration between East Fork and Diaspora Company. And you also sent me some powdered chai, which is so good. It is. So, <laughs> I am a cardamom black pepper chai fanatic, and I've added it to a black tea. So it's this beautiful powder mixed with the black loose leaf tea. And so that's my little combo today is it's a very much an Alex tea day, <laughs> the mug and the tea. So it made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. That little mug is everything. It's so, so awesome. Today I had chai as well. A dirty chai had a shot of espresso in it. It was delicious. I discovered this new chai company. I think I texted it to you called Mandalico or Mandalico. Oh, yes. yeah. And it's tea, it's a chai concentrate. So you add like a tablespoon of the chai into some steamed milk with the coffee. Mm. Mm. <laughs> So good. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's it. We're chai girls today. And we sure are. I think most days, many days, <laughs> many days. All right, dear friend. Well, oh, by the way, happy anniversary. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. This Morning Walk podcast is produced by me, Wayne Bertram, me, Alex L., and me, Libby Delena. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and review. Your support is greatly appreciated. Don't forget to follow This Morning Walk on Instagram for weekly journal prompts and photos from our walks. Until next time, take care. Thanks, Thanks for, for walking, walking with us. us.